Uh, did you hear? Oh, bitch. Did you hear? Welcome to Did You Hear? <laughs> so we are trying this out for the first time on Zoom. Yes. .com. On Zoom.com. Uh, trying to video chat because we're in a pandemic and we can't pandemic. see each other. We can't. We can't because if you get each other sick, it could be real bad. <sighs> what weird times we're living in, Stephanie. Real weird times, Angelica. Mm-hmm. And, um, interesting. Yeah, it's been interesting. I, we haven't seen each other. I guess the last time I saw you was when we recorded last, right? That was, like, three weeks ago or something? Yeah. 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 But, yeah, because we talked about the pandemic a little we bit. We did. We were like, oh, <laughs> this is starting up and now it's like oh we can't see anybody and sucks i miss a hug i know it's crazy i miss a hug i will say that i guess now it's we just like week two that we've been in lockdown yeah it is yeah it's the end of week two yeah and so i guess next, yeah next week will be week three right mm-hmm all the days are meshing together. I don't even, yeah. They really I think are. everybody's like that. Yeah. It's just like, what the heck? I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's real, real scary. I don't know. It's, it's an odd, it's an odd thing. I, I can't it's it's to put it in, even into words, honestly. Mm -hmm. What's the weirdest part about the pandemic to you the weirdest part um I, w I don't know I think it's just being inside so much and just not being I know we can go outside but it's like just to go through the neighborhood or something you know like we can't or the necessary things but just being it inside so much and not being able to whenever you want be like oh i'm gonna go to the store and yeah. just go browsing or you know or right. like let me go watch a movie or something you know for sure because it's i, I think that's the worst part of or the the strangest part to me is when you go to a store now going to a store is a trek it's and it's like you're going on an adventure. You have to be prepared. It's not. It's not like you're in and out in 15 minutes. You have to. It's going to be a few hours because you have yeah. to get in line. You have to wait to be admitted, and you're standing six feet apart from other people. So it's definitely. I think that's the strangest part for me. And then I also realize how privileged we've been in the U.S., where everything is convenience, and then mm -hmm. being like, oh, it's not it's not convenient anymore. And it's yeah. a first world problem because it's very much a first world problem. <laughs> I recognize that. <laughs> so like, oh, yeah, it's been, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. The good thing is though, there is online shopping and you know, that's what I've been trying to do more of and like trying to support also, like you said, you were talking earlier, like trying to order out and everything, yeah. from local restaurants and stuff. 
So, I mean, it, it's not like our lives are horrible. No. We're no. inside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I keep trying to, I know we're trying to, like, stay positive, so. Agreed. I'm trying to remind myself we are okay. Me too, because I've been a cranky bitch. Yeah, me too. So. <laughs> <laughs> to, I got the pandemic. Pump the iron. I've been doing my like clank app. I've been doing, I've been going on runs and walks. Mm -hmm. I've been eating a lot of cheese. <laughs> Me too, so. <laughs> I, can't a lot of wine. <laughs> I can't I can't stay away from the cheese. I can't stay away from the cheese. Have you seen those memes where they're like talking about how they're I, it's basically like it's 2 a.m. and I'm standing in front of my fridge eating mm -hmm shredded cheese from the bag <laughs> yeah that's me that's me i'm just like so over the, i do it sometimes like over the sink and as i'm shoveling the shredded cheese into my mouth so that, like anything that drops just drops in the sink yeah. <laughs> delicious oh my gosh so delicious i can't yeah. stop it's so good all right so i thought we would go on the theme of pandemics this week. <laughs> so, did you know that the Spanish flu of 1918 didn't really originate from Spain? I did not. I did not. So you gotta tell me all about it. I gotta tell you all about it. So, uh, what I'm gonna do is, like, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the Spanish flu, okay, but then also I want to talk about a few stories that I found of survivors yeah. from the pandemic flu. I love and it. also it's crazy because there are some people that actually, well, there was one in particular for sure. She survived the, the Spanish or like the era of the Spanish flu. And then she recently passed away because of the coronavirus. Oh. She was 108. It's crazy. 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 Yeah. Crazy. Okay, so I'm just going to start talking about the Spanish flu, um, which is still called the Spanish flu, but it's yeah, no one really knows where it came from. So it's like a misunderstanding thing. Um, so it started in the fall of 1918. It became commonly known as the Spanish flu or the Spanish lady in the United States and Europe. I don't know what this is. I don't know. Spanish lady? I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But many assumed it was because it had started in the Iberian Peninsula, but it was, like I said, a misunderstanding. So in the spring, I'm just going to like kind of talk a little bit background about it. Yeah. So in the spring of 1918, just as the man-made horrors of World War I were finally starting to wind down, Mother Nature unleashed the deadliest strain of influenza in modern history until this pandemic. The virus infected as much as 40% of the global population over the next 18 months. Of these, an estimated 20 to 50 million perished, with more than roughly 17 million people killed during the First World War. The pandemic's grasp stretched from the United States and Europe to the remote reaches of Greenland and the Pacific Islands. Its victims included the likes of President Woodrow Wilson, who contracted it while negotiating the Treaty of Versailles, 
in early 1919. Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't didn't know that either. Wow. Mm -hmm. Was he president when he died? Uh, I'm not sure actually. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. But as the pandemic reached epic proportions of the fall, uh, in the fall of 1918, it became commonly known as the Spanish flu or the Spanish lady. And many assumed it was because the sickness had originated from Spain. Um, but Spain was only a few major, it was only one of the few European countries to remain neutral during the world war. So what happened was like, Spain had a really good network of newspapers. And so they announced it first in Spain. So because it was announced first in Spain, they thought it came originally from Spain. So it was like misdirection. And so the people um, in Spain were like, no, it actually came from the French. And anyway, so since nations undergoing a media blockage could not read in-depth accounts from Spanish news sources, they naturally assumed that the country was the pandemic's ground zero. Mm-hmm. The Spanish, meanwhile, believed the virus had spread to them from France, so they called it the French flu. Um, it made the headlines in mid, or it made the headlines in Madrid in, in late May 1918, and coverage only increased after the Spanish king Alfonso the 13th came down with a nasty case a week later. And since nations undergoing a media blackout could only read in-depth accounts from Spanish sources, they assumed it was from Spain. So that's crazy. Um, So then it started spreading into the United States after everybody, World War I ended, so everybody was coming back all the soldiers were coming back. Um, in San Francisco, health officials put their full faith behind gauze masks. California Governor William Stevens declared that it was the patriotic duty of every American citizen to wear a mask, and San Francisco eventually made it the law to wear a mask. But, huh? I said interesting. I know. I know. But, like, yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, citizens caught it in pub- caught in public without a mask or wearing it improperly were arrested, charged with disturbing the peace, and fined five dollars. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Yeah, but it's weird because okay, so the Spanish flu went in waves. Yeah. So it first started, and then there was like a second wave that was stronger than the first. Yeah. Which I don't know if you knew that. Um, and then there was a third. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a third wave. So I'm thinking this pandemic that we have right now, I feel like it's going to do the same thing. Yeah. And it's going to like, I it mean, says like it, it like hit people harder the second time. And then the third time it hit them harder too. And with San Francisco with, they thought that the masks helped, they actually didn't really help. It was the social distancing that helped. Mm-hmm. And so the third time that it came through, they were like, oh, we just need the masks. And so they didn't do the social distancing and they ended up losing like thousands of lives because of that. Yeah. 
was really crazy. Yeah. So anyway, so I want to get back to uh, some of the cases that happened during that time because I thought it was really interesting. So this was the Centers for Disease and Control, uh, for Disease Control and Prevention. They have a bunch of cases that um, that people reported it and the people that survived. Yeah. And so I'm just going to read off some of their stories because they're really interesting. Uh, okay. So this was crazy. So her name is Ethel Hubble Harder. And she says, I survived. Yeah. <laughs> so location is Virginia. And these are her words. So I'm just going to like read it. I was born in April 1918. My father was a miner and I traveled around Virginia to work in the mines. When I was just eight months old, my parents moved to the high coal camp in West Virginia. Both my parents became ill with the pandemic flu in November and December of 1918. Miraculously, I did not contract it. My mother became sick first and my father had to stay home and take care of her because there were no doctors in the area and many others in the camp were caring for their other families or for their own families. Yeah. My father said there was many a night he thought my, mo my mother wouldn't live. Then just as she was recovering, he felt ill. My father had it worse and it was all my mother could do to care for my father and take care of me in her weekend state. My parents told me that one morning, mother had gone to the kitchen for something and I was left in the room in my baby bed with my father next to the wood stove for warmth. I woke up crying and my father, delirious and confused from a high fever, ran over and grabbed me, thinking I was a wildcat screaming and attacking his family. Oh no. He had just lifted me over his head to throw me into the fire. Oh my, my God. mother ran into the room and grabbed me away from him. The family survived and I'm thankful that mother had enough strength that day to save me too. What? Uh -huh. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Wildcat. This wildcat needs to go. <laughs> Oh my god! Like, that's that's like the first reaction. Like, <laughs> it's a wildcat. That's insane. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So she lived, and thank God. I don't know if she's alive now because this was last updated in 2018. So she may have passed away now by the now, but yeah, that's um, pretty crazy that she can still tell her story though. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let me see if this is, this is another story. Okay. So this is about the storyteller is Caroline Wernick Ferris from Wisconsin about Dr. Otto Wernick. Dr. Otto Wernick came from rural Wisconsin. His wife, Carolyn Cancer or Cancer, sorry, lived in a village of Manitowoc, where they married. They were extremely saddened by the death of their two-year-old daughter, Frida, from scarlet fever, which that's another fever. I don't know anything about scarlet fever. Do you? Have you ever read The Velveteen Rabbit? I have, but it's been a really long time. I mean, that's just, it's a really bad fever, and it, um, 
kills you. And like, if you have anything that you touch, basically, if you were infected with it, they mm-hmm. had to burn it because it was so contagious. So, oh, oh, so um, the boy dies and they have to like burn. I think that's the storyline. They have to burn the, the rabbit because the boy died. It's contagious. Yeah. So yeah, scarlet fever was really bad. You literally had to, anything that touched, any linens, anything had to be burned because otherwise you would catch it. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, like the, um, the Spanish flu, it actually was more contagious towards like younger people. Interesting. As opposed to older people now, this COVID-19. So um, it was like a big deal when kids had it. Because they could die. Um, so anyway, there, so there was scarlet fever. And then a son, Henry, was born later that year, followed by Margaret in 1912, Otto in 1914, Louise in 1916, and myself, Caroline, on November 8th, 1918. Then tragically, or tragedy struck again when my father died from the flu epidemic on December 3rd, 1918. Mm-hmm. The people were cautioned not to congregate so they wouldn't spread the disease. Therefore, on December 5th, my father's funeral was held in my grandparents' parlor. To prevent unnecessary contagion, I was baptized at the same time and placed next to his casket. Many people seemed to feel that since my father, their dentist, had died, they didn't have to pay the money they owed for dental work he had done. That's messed up. That is messed <laughs> up. Like, he did, so. Freebie. <laughs> We did. We got these nasty. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My mother needed to quickly find work to support her family. She asked her sister, who was a milliner in Cleveland. What is a milliner? Uh, I think. Someone that works at a mill? Yeah, but I think, yeah. But I think they also work with specifically textiles. I could be totally wrong, but that's what I think. Okay. In Cleveland, Ohio, to come to, um, Manitowoc to start a millinery store. But what could my mother do with the little ones? My grandparents took me to live with them, and our pastor, Reverend Mac Miller, and his wife spent a lot of time with Louise, the three-year-old. My grandparents were very good to me, but I did not get to spend much time with my brothers and sisters. In fact, I hardly knew my brother, Henry. It wasn't until my grandparents died in 1936 that I moved in with my mother and siblings. By that time, Henry had married. My father's death in the flu pandemic affected us economically, emotionally, and socially. The millinery was rather successful for a time, but the depression came and competition with large department stores contributed to the failure of the business. My brother, Otto Jr., wanted to be an engineer. and My dream was to be a teacher, but neither of us was able to go to college. The, plu- the flu pandemic pandemic of 1918 drastically changed the trajectory of our lives. There are no happy memories of being with my father, only pictures and family stories. I've been told what a wonderful man he was, but couldn't he have lived a little longer? Why did he die at the age of 39? But so young. Here I am, almost 90, and I still think of what might have been. Um, Super tragic. One second, a millinery sells women's hats. I just oh, okay. because I thought it was something to do with hats, but I was like, I, I was like haberdashery, but um, 
Yeah. So women's hats. So they sold them. Okay. That makes sense now. But yeah, yeah, the economic component is the thing that stresses me out the most about what's going on. So I feel her. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was, I mean, back then I feel like it maybe it was worse. I don't know. Cause it was just like, there weren't a lot of people also back then as many as there are now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like their I mean, medicine obviously is a lot more advanced these days, but um, I don't know. And I mean, I know, I'm sure you've heard about the Philadelphia versus St. Louis um, during the pandemic time back yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. So in Philadelphia, they, they decided to do the parade. And which I feel like that kind of happened in Louisiana with Mardi Gras and everything. They continue to do oh, the Mardi Gras. Did they continue with it? They did. Yeah, they did it. Now they have like the highest mortality rate right now because of that. You didn't know that. But yeah. also Los Angeles went forward with the LA Marathon and that was at the beginning of everything. I was like, I was shocked that they decided to continue with the marathon at that point. When was the marathon? Like, um, I remember hearing that. I can't remember what, when it was. I think it was the weekend of the like 14th, a month 14th, I think. Okay. Um, so it was before all the things came down, but I didn't realize that about, um, uh, New Orleans or Louisiana. Yeah. I have no idea. It was March yeah. 8th. Sorry, not even not even as late as I thought. The LA Marathon was on March 8th. But even mm-hmm. by that point, I remember people were debating about do you think they're gonna do it? And they went forward with it. And that was, I feel like that was a mistake. But mm, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, that uh, for people okay. so I know what you're talking about uh, about Philadelphia versus St. Louis, but for people that don't, could you explain that? Yeah, sure. So, um, during the pandemic, during this time, everyone was advised to stay away from people and Philadelphia, they were going to do a, uh, parade. Um, actually here, I'm looking up what it was called, which parade it was. It was for the war because the war had just ended. So, um, yeah, so it's great. It was called the Liberty Loan Parade in Philadelphia. And it was attended by about 200,000 people. And they were like, you know what? It's fine. Like, we're just, you know, we're here to celebrate. Right. It's going to be fine. But this contributed a lot to the widespread outbreak of the Spanish flu because there's so many people congested all together. Um, and then with St. Louis, St. Louis was like, you know what, we're not going to mess around with this. So they, they avoided crowds. They had a whole, just was the St. Louis post dispatch. They wrote an editorial about the importance of avoiding crowds and everybody just like stayed in their house and they did not get as many cases and they were actually pretty good. And like Philadelphia was they had so many deaths that could have been avoided. So that was something that nowadays, and 
what they've been that's why it's, it's so um important and like that's why all the doctors have been saying now like stay home the stay home. what is, what is it here nelly it's like uh stay. safer at home safer at home yeah that's safer what it's called yeah safer at home and it makes sense because it's like history <laughs> it's it's uh backed up by history so yeah and even with San, uh, San Francisco, like I said, they had the, the masks that were, um, it was like a law back then, but people started getting like lenient on it. They're like, you know what? We could still go out even with our masks, but there were a lot of people and a lot of people equals contracting the disease. Right. So, and kept spreading. But it's crazy because, I mean, obviously here in the Spanish flu, I had three waves, so we're probably going to have a few waves. We are. We are. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I mean, the whole thing with the stringency going on right now is because they want to flatten the curve because we know... Yes, probably at least 50% of us will get it. However, we can't all get it at the same time. Yeah. So, and it is going to come in waves and it sucks, but. And yeah, I mean, it said like the, the second and third wave came stronger. So, because the strain kind of changed a little bit and evolved. So. Mutations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to be careful. Ooh, so Ooh. please be safe. Stay at home. Wash your, wash your hands. I wash my hands at least. I like when I wash my hands. I go like. <laughs> yeah, I go like in my finger. Like I wash my hands so much. Yeah, Ooh. and then moisturize. And then moisturize your skin. And then moisturize. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Do you know like when when did the Spanish flu pandemic kind of stop? um let's see it went through until at least the spring of 1919 so it started like in 1918 yeah it says that the third wave of the spanish flu struck in january of 1919 so it kind of like went on for like probably a year yeah and like how many people died it was millions right it was millions yeah so it was hold on i had it in my notes uh, more than roughly 17 million people died 17 million yeah mm -hmm. oh god damn oh wait no 17 million sorry 17 million were the people that died during the First World War. World War. 20 to 50 million died. Yeah. What? That's so many. Yeah. During the pandemic. That's insane. And it was mainly in the U.S. and Europe. But it was also, it went to the Pacific Islands and other places too. Lord. Yeah. It's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Especially in back in that day. That's like 
That's like all the population. Yeah. <laughs> Almost pretty much. That's like a country. That's a country. Yeah. God, that's, that's a crazy. couple countries. Depending on how small they are. That's insane. And they, I read, I read a bunch of different sources. Like a lot of the stuff I got from the History Channel, and then also from, um, like I told you, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention yeah. site. But um, I read also that. Uh, I mean, it was really hard for them to get back into their daily lives and all that stuff. And like a lot of people are still really scarred from it. And like I said, some people did survive that and now they're dying from the coronavirus. Coronavirus. Yeah. It's crazy because it's like, maybe. So I also went with you. I also went with like a, I'm like, a theme for what we're going through. <laughs> yeah. Because I gotta be relevant. Hello. It's gotta be relevant. <laughs> and it is. Okay. So, um, so I'm going to do a little chat about the zombie, the zombies. One of okay. my favorites. Um, so, so my, the majority of my research, credit to history.com, historychannel.com, history they're all about it. And then also livescience.com. Oh, nice. So, okay. So I'm going to start with, okay, so the Oxford Dictionary, the term zombie is from the early 19th century, and it's of West African origin. And oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. I had no idea. Okay, let me preface this by saying that I'm a huge zombie movie freak. Like, it's, I like it more than vampire movies. I love vampire movies, but zombie movies are like, I'm like, mm, love them. So um, good. Which, by the way, sorry to interrupt, but I just watched uh, 28 Days Later. <laughs> you don't watch that again. Everyone watch it. Uh, Yes. So, um, so yeah, so it's of West African origin, which I had no idea about. And, um, so basically it's, um, it's derived from a word, um, from a Kikongo, I think it's a type of tribe, um, word called Zumbi, which is derived from fetish, which basically Zumbi means fetish, but, um, okay. anyway. So I'm going to go through a little bit of a history and then like into the pop culture-ness of it. So especially with everything going on, I've told gels like every time I go out of my house and whatever I'm wearing, <laughs> I'm imagining that's my apocalypse outfit. So like, I'm putting my mind to my like zombie apocalypse outfit. So like when I go for my walks on like the nice neighborhood up the hill and I'm wearing like my whatever, I'm thinking, okay, but what if everyone turned into zombies and then I have to like run and like fight? What am I wearing? That's where my mind goes. Yeah. Your mind goes there too? Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Like, Every like... single time. So I'm always thinking about it. Um which is really weird, but that's <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay. So from okay, so very basic. If you don't know what a zombie is in general, a zombie is a reawakened corpse that has a ferocious appetite um, for 
human flesh and or um also so i had to reawaken so they were dead came back or it's a corpse or no or it's a person that was bitten by another individual infected with the virus so that's kind of where we think of zombies but um so basically somebody that wants to eat another person that's what zombies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so the the idea of the dead coming back to life has been around for a really long time and mm-hmm. one of the first instances that historians found was that the ancient greeks um archaeologists actually um they found graves that had skeletons inside and the skeletons were pinned down by like rocks and other heavy objects mm-hmm. um, so they derived from that that the thought was all the rocks and heavy objects were put onto the bodies to prevent the bodies from reanimating and coming back into the society so um yeah so i mean but it also goes back to like i've covered vampires we'll say vampires Mm -hmm. before and things like that so people have always felt like there's a fear of humans dying and coming back right yeah Um, for sure for sure um but the basic basically the term zombie is of west african origin and it was brought to other places because of the slave trade. So mm-hmm. in West Africa, there is a very big practice of practicing voodoo. Oh, and, yeah. um, and voodoo, so basically with the slave trade, with um, individuals coming from West Africa, basically, and primarily in Haiti is where it really started taking off with the voodoo. Um, oh, yeah. But in the 1600s, so the um, West African slaves uh, in Haiti really started bringing voodoo to the forefront. And voodoo is, it's a religion that's very spiritual and based on, yeah, lots of things. Yeah. You know what's really based on it. research that more. Um, <laughs> but, um, voodoo, I mean, they do a lot of spiritual stuff. Very spiritual, very like concoctions and spells and things like mm-hmm. that. It's very, yeah, spells very, and yeah. Yeah. And very medicinal. So, um, and, and voodoo in voodooism, there are these people called, I, I don't think I'm saying, saying this right, but Bokors, it's B-O-K-O-R-S. Bokors. Okay. Bokors. No. okay. Um, within this in Haiti, um, the Bokors were thought to be able to bring people to life that had died. So um, they found, and this was scientifically backed by, um, it had been going on for a long time, but then in the 1980s, there was a scientist, a Western scientist, his name was Wade Davis. Mm-hmm. He became friends with a lot of different um, bokors and voodooism, mainly in uh, Haiti. And, yeah. Um, the bokors had been giving individuals, um, it's like a po- potion with herbs and shells, fish, bones, a lot of other things, and also a zombie powder. They call oh. it. Zombie powder. Yes. And the zombie powder in it has um tetrodoxin. I'm gonna say this wrong. Tetrodotoxin. Tetrodotoxin. And tetrodotoxin is a um a it's a deadly neurotoxin 
Oh. But it's found in puffer fish, like in blowfish. So you know how you uh-huh. try to eat a blowfish, but if you eat the wrong part, you die? Oh, yeah. It's because the tetrodotoxin. Oh, shit. Um, and so this was backed by Wade Davis, the scientist. He got samples of the zombie powder, and mm-hmm. he would go through and analyze it and found that tetrodotoxin was in it. And mm-hmm. if you use it in small doses, it can cause zombie-like symptoms. So difficulty walking, mental confusion, and respiratory problems. But won't necessarily kill you. If it's in high doses, high doses um, lead to paralysis or death. But if it's just paralysis, yeah, it can. So if you have too much of the tetrodotoxin, it can lead to paralysis and people might be through death, leading to false burials. Oh, no. So, um, so within it, within especially in this, started to come to big light mainly became in Haiti and yeah. Zombies are a big thing in voodooism. Like it is, that's where it's derived from more than anything. Um, from voodooism, the thought of zombies of people coming to life. So, yeah. um, And a lot of it is because of this pattern. So basically like if you're thinking like someone's getting sick and you don't want them to die, you'll give them, these concoctions so that they stay around or there's also more sinister thoughts of giving people the zombie concoction and then using them for the slave trade. Um, So, but there have been documented cases of Mm -hmm. zombies. So in 1997, there's a British medical journal called the Lancet and they documented multiple cases of people that had been thought to be bad and then came back. And it's all based in Haiti. So there's yeah. one um, Haitian um, woman. She was, uh, she was thought to be dead. She was buried. And then she was buried in the family tomb. And then three years later, she showed up to her family. I was like, hey, oh, shoot. I'm alive. Was she, did she like crawl herself up or what? Or like, <laughs> yeah, it didn't go. I didn't, I didn't do too, too deep research on that. Maybe but, um, it's like those type of people that you know how they would think that they were dead, they were dead, and then they mm-hmm. would bury them, and then they weren't really dead, right? And then you ring the bell, yeah, ring the bell. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm thinking a lot of it is. Um, uh-huh. absolutely. But then in 1962, one of the most famous cases of this, it's a, it's a Haitian man, man, his name is um, Clarius uh, Narcissi. So mm-hmm. he went to the hospital. He was having really bad respiratory problems. He went to a coma and then he was buried. And then 18 years later, mm-hmm. either him or another man went up to... Angelina Narcissi, which who is um, Clarius's sister at a market, yeah, said he was her brother. And then uh, both the doctor and other townspeople identified him and said, "Yes, he is who he says he is." Uh huh. And then he said that he was buried alive, dug up, and then he was put to work on a plantation. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah. So within, so within the, within voodooism, there is like the thought that the bokors, the practitioners can give this con- concoction to people and then they drink it and then they're used for slave labor because they're kept under this like, Mm, they're not like it's like the Romeo and Juliet type of thing like where Mm -hmm. she's given that concoction she's dead and then yeah right but she's like awake enough that she can still do work yeah yeah so it's that same it's that same yeah exactly same thing and so that's what he said happened to him um so within that of course we don't really know but I do know that you know it's a big thing Freedomism. So, um, within that also, okay, so back to, so now that's a little bit of the history and like scientific, it is real. Like people are like this potion, what, for whatever it's used for, it is given to people mm-hmm. in voodooism and people can be paralyzed and whatever else. Yeah. Um, but in pop culture or just in culture, um, the first in the English language, the first time that the word zombie was used was in 1810. So okay. in 1810, um, there was a writer, Robert Southey. He wrote a book called The History of Brazil. Mm-hmm. And in it, the word zombie came up, but in it, the zombie was a West African deity. Mm. So there was that. And then after that, so with it, the first time in um movies so the first movie that ever featured a zombie was in 1932 there's mm-hmm. a called white zombie and it stars oh. bella lugosi who is also dracula <laughs> um, um he play he plays a voodoo priest mm-hmm. that zombifies a woman oh okay so if you're thinking like this movie was made in 1932 so the like, people have been thinking about zombies for a long time and the fact that yeah. people can be, like, put under, right? And then, so, but the first time the modern zombie where it's, like, I'm going to eat you yeah. came up was in 1968. Was made famous by George Romero, the filmmaker, in 1968, his film Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. So Night of the Living Dead. And then I'm just going to go through. Um, so George Romero is probably the king of the modern zombie. Um, mm-hmm. He's had many films. Um, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead. This goes on and on. Um, <laughs> but what's in real life? Yeah. He made a lot. But yeah. his zombies are very, like, slow moving, like, Mm, like they're slow. Oh, yeah. I'm scared by the fast zombies, which are like in World War Z. I did not like World War Z, but they have the fast. I haven't seen that one actually. Maybe I should watch it these days. I don't know. I heard that the book is really good, but the movie is like it doesn't quite get it. Okay. Um, so I wrote, well, yeah, a little list of some of the zombie moves I've seen and some of my favorites. So okay. I actually really love the 2004 version of Dawn of the Dead, starring Sarah Pauly. It's great. Um, Shaun of the Dead, top notch. Love Shaun <laughs> of the Dead. 
Um, there's also 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. Right? Which I just watched again. <laughs> I can watch again. It's so good. Um, I remember thinking it was so good. And then I was like, I don't remember any of this. I thought it was really good. And then rewatched it. I was like, it's not so good. Yeah. I mean, it was still good, but it was just because it was such a long time ago. Like the effects aren't as, you know, great as nowadays. So I'm like, but also I didn't remember any of it. <laughs> It's like, yeah. if I thought it was so good, how come I don't remember any of this? <laughs> I just remember Celine Murphy's naked and then Celine Murphy's yes. same mansion with uh-huh. like government people. Yeah. Yep. You are correct. Those are two things I remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw Celine Murphy at Disneyland once with his family. He's very handsome. Wait, you saw him where? At, at Disneyland? Disneyland? Yeah, outside of It's a Small World. He is very handsome. Very handsome. Very striking in person. He's very tall. Uh, (laughs) um, Also, I'm not a huge fan of it, and I love zombie (laughs) movies, but Zombie Land. You know, I thought it was funny. It's funny. Here's the thing. I do not like Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, okay. I do not like him. I don't find him entertaining to watch. I'm not like He's okay. He's okay, but He's yeah, fine. I get like, a whole movie around him. I'm like, but the premise is fine. Yeah. Um. Actually, one of my favorite. It's not technically a zombie movie because it's more the people get infected with a biochemical issue, but the crazies starring Timothy Oliphant. Have you ever seen the crazies? I have, but my, I, apparently I can't remember because my brother's always like, remember when we saw the crazies? And I'm like, no. <laughs> it's like an inside joke for us now. He's like, the crazies. And I'm like, yeah. The but crazies. I don't remember watching. <laughs> oh my God. That's me. You have to watch it again. It's so good. I love Timothy Oliphant. And I think it's so good. It's oh, okay. You have to watch the crazies again. I have to watch the crazies again. It is, but you awesome. have to watch um, Contagion too. I do, even though it's not zombie related. Yes, but it has to do with my topic. So I do need to see. But. Yes, um, and then <laughs> yes, I agree. I also put World War Z on the list because it is a very famous zombie movie. Even though I'm not a fan of the zombies in it. Yeah, you also zombies in it are like super fast. They're like, yeah. <laughs> but. If you were, if you bit like a, an obese person, like you can't make that body move that fast. I disagree. I know. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. One of the best zombie movies that I've ever seen is South Korean film Train to Busan. Have you seen what that? What's it called? Train to Busan. No, but I'm running it down. Right. It's on Netflix. Watch it. Maybe not tonight, but watch it. Oh, train to Busan. It's B U S N. Okay. Oh my God. I'm watching it. The best zombie movie. I mean, I also love South Korean films. Super into them. Love them so much. They're beautiful people. I enjoy watching them. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, um, for real though. But, like, Train to Busan is so well done. It's it's weird for like a zombie film to be like very 
dramatic, not just like scary, but also like have a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, that movie's so good. I'll rewatch it. It's so good. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. And then also a zombie TV show, if you're looking for something, um, that's okay. Not my favorite, but it's called Dead Set. And I haven't heard of that one. Dead Set, it's a British show, and it's about a, it's about a big, big brother. Oh, wait, has, is, it, is this the one, this is the one you were telling me about? Yes, yes. Last time but, I saw you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. the big brother cast, it's a big brother cast that are like, they go through elimination night, and on el- elimination night, a zombie outbreak happens, and they don't know at first. It's like, here's m- my thing with it, is I went into watching the show thinking it was going to be a comedy, because I heard big brother cast, zombie outbreak, I'm like, comedy, it's not a comedy, it's a drama. So, like, for me, I was expecting it to be, like, like the Shaun of the Dead type style. It's not. It's not. It's very Um, Which doesn't quite make sense to me. I'm like, it's the big brother class. But, um. Yeah. So, those are some faves. But, um, yeah, it was interesting. I love zombies and always thought about what I would do if a zombie outbreak happened. However living through this particular pandemic, I know that I would be shit and I would be dead. No, you wouldn't because yes, I would. <laughs> you're like, I feel like it would come on though. Like you'd be like ready. Maybe. Yeah, right. I guess. Like the adrenaline pumping. You'd be like, adrenaline's pumping for those zombies. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, so, and, oh, I guess, I didn't say this, but in zombie folklore, if you get bitten, you turn into a zombie. Mm-hmm. Angelica, if you were bitten by a zombie, would you tell people? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it happens re- really fast, though. The transformation, right? It depends on the, yeah, the theory. So if it would happen really fast, then I'd be like, beware. I don't know. I I don't know what I would do. I just feel like I'm, bye. I'd be taking selfies. It's my transformation. (laughs) (laughs) Zombies, zombie bad. I'm going to eat Oh my god, that is such a fun idea. Zombies that are super into social media. Yeah. <laughs> have a little bit of brain left. Uh, it would be scary. You know, that would be crazy though if the coronavirus, everyone that got the coronavirus would turn into a zombie. It'd be crazy. That would be crazy. Where would yeah, you go? Where would you run to? We're screwed though because we live in a big city. Huh? I said we're screwed because we live in a big city. I know, but we do have a lot of more, we have more resources though. So like, at least there would be, if we survived, we'd have several like grocery stores and stuff to raid. Yeah. Like if we needed food. Yeah. I feel like since I live on the third floor, I would be okay, maybe. I'm not by 
like my windows, like, I don't think they could get up here unless they could crawl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Depends on the type of zombie. I know. The World War Z zombies are really scary. <laughs> There's a scene where they're like on the Great Wall of China and the zombies just like are on top of each other building a wall. Oh, I had, I've seen that in the, in the previews. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, okay. ah! I don't need those. I need the like slow moving ones that are like, oh. yeah, like I always um when I was still teaching acting, one of the thing, one of the exercises is doing like across the floors with different characters. I always tell like actors just like walk across like a zombie and they're always like oh. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> so, you gotta, uh, you gotta take their brain out too. I didn't say that. Like if a zombie, you gotta, oh, take, yeah. you gotta take the brain out. It's true. Uh, what would you do? If I got infected? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I would probably kill myself. I know. <clears throat> I feel like that's like the default. Yeah. But. Because, I mean, I wouldn't want my body to hurt anybody I loved. Mm-hmm. Yes. But if the remake of um, the one with Sarah Polly, what is it? The um, Dawn of the Dead with Sarah Polly, the remake, they, like, transform. Like, God, it's not even. In some of them, it takes a while. In others, it's, like, instantaneous. And if oh, it's yeah. instantaneous, it's... Oof. Don't have anything. Also on the list because I was looking at zombie movie lists and people put twenty, uh, not twenty days later. Um, Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. I love Resident Evil, but I don't know that it qualifies as a zombie movie. Resident, I haven't seen that one actually. Oh my god, Resident Evil is so good. Mila Jojovic is like. It's, it's it's like what? That, like that face. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, okay. I love her. You gotta watch but it. You gotta watch, watch. If you haven't seen Resident Evil, you need to. It's so good. <laughs> um, but in it, like she does. I don't think it's the first Resident Evil. There's a couple of them, but there's one scene where she's like living at home and then like her daughter gets infected with it's another type of virus and then her daughter is like coming after her and it's like this little eight-year-old that's like <laughs> and oh she has to yeah. okay maybe I, I can't remember i always like watch movies and then i forget about them and then yeah once i start watching them i either remember them or i'm like i don't remember this at all so <laughs> yeah. i should just watch them anyway so but that's it about zombies. Um, I know to wrap up, uh, last time we did like a what's your favorite. Do you have a what's oh, your yeah. favorite this week, Jels? Oh, yeah, it is my it is my turn. Um, okay, let's see. What's your favorite type of pizza? Um, mushroom and olive. Oh, interesting. hundred percent. Yeah, I like pepperoni. But I like it with veggies. So like spinach and yeah. the olives and mushrooms as well. Yeah. But I do like pepperoni. If I can't get pepperoni, then that's fine. But margaritas also 
margarita is probably the second best for yeah. me. Okay. What type of crust do you like? So I usually do thin crust, but I really like pan crust as well. I love pan crust. The better, <laughs> the yeah. better. I'm like, <sighs> I've been like eating thin crust lately, but I'm always a fan of pan crust. It's so good. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Now yeah. I want pizza. We got order some. Yeah, <laughs> we're still ordering. I do like support I, local businesses. Support local. Get that uh -huh. pizza. Yum. Yes. Delicious. Now I want pizza too. Yeah. And I like a lot of Parmesan, and I do like ranch with my pizza too. I didn't know that was a thing until I became an adult. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's I never it's always been my thing. Like even when I was younger, it's good. I didn't know it was a thing though. Mm -hmm. I like to put all, as many hot peppers as possible. Oh, I don't like hot peppers. Chili peppers all over. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Mm, that's not good. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and I hope you all are all staying safe and healthy in this pandemic yeah tell us what your favorite type of pizza is yeah tell us because we want to know oh mm -hmm. also stephanie before i forget i was going to tell you this important fact and i forgot about it yeah. in my important thing anyway so the first um i want to tell you the first u.s known case yeah. from the 1918 spanish flu yes Spanish because it really didn't come from the Spanish. I don't know why they just continued to call it that, but um, it was on a military base in Kansas on March 11th, 1918. Oh, wow. Mm hmm. Crazy. So, yeah. But they still don't know, like, they still have yet to discover why the strain ravaged so many people and why it was so lethal. So, yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, we're gonna end it with we want because because we want we want to hear it all. <laughs> Alrighty, we'll catch Bye, up. Flip side.